Hi, welcome to the PDYC podcast. The purpose-driven youth chapel of Calvary Baptist Church at Oraka is a youth ministry for young adults and the young at heart. Our mission is to exalt God in worship and raise exceptional leaders for the next generation. Join us as we dive into today's message and I know you'd be blessed. Now, listen to today's message. Father, we thank you for today. We ask that you shall be with us. You shall help us, O God. You shall teach us your word. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. 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 I'm excited to be here. Amen. I'm excited to be back to the youth chapel to preach. Amen. It's been a while, and I appreciate the Papa of the house, Pastor Felix, for this opportunity. Amen. And all the pastors um, in the house. Amen. Today is Pastor's Appreciation Day, right? Um, well, I mean, the church can put a day aside to appreciate pastors, but I don't think any amount of appreciation will be enough for our pastors, right? How many of you agree with me? I know you are lifting your hand because you want to be nice, but a lot of you don't really agree with me. But today, I want to give you reasons why you should appreciate your pastors, okay? Right? Not because I'm a preacher or so that you will appreciate me, but then uh, there are real reasons why you should appreciate your pastors. Amen. Amen. So don't sleep on me. I'm trying to be a very gentle preacher so that we can all understand. Amen. And after today, I'm praying that God will give you a mindset so that you will not join the group of people who like to have videos of, you know, that are being spread around about Christianity and about pastors. You see, when a scandal of a pastor comes, the people who spread it are Christians. How many of you know that? It's Christians who spread it. Yeah. And someone said that Christians like to kill themselves. We kill our own. Look, you be a pastor and have a scandal and see. Your own people will bury you alive. Yes, that's how they are. They'll finish you. They will just dig a hole and then put you inside and weary on you. That's that's how we are as Christians. Unfortunately, but then we need to appreciate our pastors. Amen. So I'll not be preaching, I'll just be sharing some stories with you. You know, I grew up, if you know where I grew up, I, the chances of me being invited by Pastor Felix to preach over here are very slim. Huh? You know, I went to preach somewhere, okay? I, I've preached in some French church already and I'm here. Uh, and I've been preaching. But when I cast my mind back and I realized where I grew up here, eh, I realized that I couldn't have been doing this because where I grew up is the center of prostitution in Ghana. Do you understand? Huh? <laughs> okay. It's where you can get all sorts of drugs to buy. You know, I was born in Circle. You know Circle? The, you know, Tipto, Lido. Lido. 
I was born there. And every day, they are chasing Julo. Hey, Julo, hey, Julo. Then you wake, you see that somebody, and they are duping people. One day, somebody duped my mother. My mother used to have a shop, and then some guy came and he said that you can sell us milk. So I was going to school, then he said I should follow him. When I was following him, then he joined a certain church, or then he said I should wait here, he's coming. I stayed there for one hour, he never came back. He duped us. That's why I grew up. Yes. You know, one day I was, maybe I can calm down. One day I was, I went to pray on the park, right? The brass sports park. And then when I was going to pray, and I was wearing a white shirt, then all of a sudden, some guy ran in front of me. He was wearing a white shirt. Then I'm like, ah, this guy. Will. Then all of a sudden, I saw police cars turn like they stopped. And then they came to me straight because I was also wearing a white shirt. No, no, they were chasing him. And then what saved me was that my heart was not beating bang, bang, bang. Because if I was running, definitely my heart was beating. Because you know, policemen, they always want to show evidence they've caught a thief. And sometimes they use false people. So when they saw me, so and you know, then they left. I said, hey. <laughs> One day I was just passing on front, like on the overhead bridge, you know, then some policemen go down. They said, hey, we knew him, we knew him. Hey. hey, you know why? Because that area, boys stand there and they sell weed. You know, are you understand what I'm saying? That's where I grew up. And I could, and those times I could go out of my house and my father would not ask me anything. I'm going to pray. If I'm going to pray, what are you going to ask me? I'm a good boy. I'm going to pray. That's the area I grew up. The chances of me preaching and standing and disturbing you were very slim. Do you understand? I remember when I finished school, uh, you know, my batch, SS, after school, we stayed two years in the house before we went home. And before we went to the university for some reason or some problem. And then, I went to stay with my uncle. And then there was a guy, Pastor Jake. He's Pastor Felix's friend. I met him. And then he started, every day, then you send me to church. Then he will say, he, will pray. he can pray for eight hours in his room. Then he started mentoring me. So, Mo, go, Mo, go this church. Mo, Mo, go this service. Every day we meet, that's what we're talking about. And before I realized, some of my friends, they became herbivores. You know what is herbivore? They went to herbs. You know egg bear? You know what is egg bear? <laughs> Amakpa. <laughs> I'm not sure I always say, you know what is Amakpa? They became herbivores. Huh. Where I used to live, I live, I used to live there. I have friends who were selling cocaine. My, my, I was even older than them. You understand? So, I realized that my chances of becoming something like this are very slim. Very slim. Because I saw them. I saw the guys, all the guys in my area, the guys who used to play football with and all that, who we grew up together in being my house. Suddenly, they were all messed up. So when I cast my mind back, I realized that Charlie is just by grace. But we only say just by grace, but we forget how the grace came. Huh? We forget how the grace came. Huh? <laughs> hey. You see, God said, I'll give you pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Huh? I realized that I have been fed a certain diet that the people around me did not have. So even though we're playing soccer together and we're talking together and playing together, no, 
my diet, the nutrients in my system were different from the nutrients in their system. So when we grew up, no, they grew up differently and I grew up differently. Do you understand? That's how the grace came. Hey. I remember one day I was, I was in the house. Then when I came back, somebody said, I said, who was that? My area there. You know, Apostle Bradankwa. Um, I heard he came to the house to ask my parents and the people in the house how I behave. It's from this church. He was in assimilation. So, so when I came to the house, they said, oh, baby, so, so, okay. then I said, what did you say? <laughs> so, like I told you, I'm not preaching, right? I'm telling you. So when I came to church, then he saw me. He said, I came to your house. Then he said, oh, they said very good things about you and things like that. Yeah. I said, oh, yes, it's, it's true, yes. Yes, I'm a good, I am a good. Meanwhile, I was not so much of a... I, I did, but I don't say that day like that. But they gave good testimony about me because we were here and we're growing up. Charlie, all the things in my life growing up that I have benefited from, I mean, came from pastors. I tell you the truth. And I'm not saying it because, I mean, it, they came from pastors. You know, I didn't even know what the call of God was. I remember one time I was on campus, year one, and it was Easter time. Then Pastor Felix called me. You know, I was in Unity Hall. I remember where I was. He called me. He said, ah, where are you there? I said, I'm there. I said, you have to come for camp. So I should pick a car and come from Kumasi. So I went, I picked a car. I think it was overnight. Then I came for, then I was, I was from, I was in year one. Then he said that, in the night, some Friday night prayers or Friday night something, I'm the one leading. I said, hey, what is that? And that time, Pastor Kumasa and Charlie, you know, those in Pinifofe, so you are shy. He said, hey, small boy, you are coming to lead prayer. Hey, I didn't know. He called me to come. I, I didn't know what the, God, the call of God was. It was like, it's like what I knew is that when I'm praying there, I'll be sweating. <laughs> or when I'm leading prayer, then people, the people are praying and Charlie, some heat has come to the room, but I didn't know what it was. But he said, I should come and come and lead. Then I came there. He said, oh, you're on program Friday night. I remember. Charlie, it was a very hot night. We prayed. Hard. We prayed. People were rolling on the ground. Then I sat down and I crossed my leg. I said, hey, like this thing, Bruce Lee. I don't even know. I didn't know what was happening. But through guidance, I, I, I don't know if you remember. Maranatha, yes. Yeah. And through all that, here I am. I am preaching, and I'm not a herbivore. Do you understand? Do you understand? One day, my wife said that she had a bout of depression, you know, and the depression charts, she filled, the doctor made her fill the chart. When she filled the chart, she has gone outside the range. Do you understand? I said, oh, like, she has become, like, she has tried, uh, like, tier three, she has gone, do you understand? Yes, when she filled the chat, she was, she was, uh, she was abattoir. Do you understand? Then, so at that, in this moment, she began to have suicide thoughts, suicidal thoughts. So she wanted to kill herself. You know, it was getting to final exam time, her final medical school exam. So they used to give her some drugs, and then she would sleep. When they take that, they should sleep the whole night. Hey, Charlie. Then one day she said that she wanted to go and kill herself. 
Do you know what saved her? He said she was there, then she began to hear Uncle Lady preaching. One day, Uncle Lady preached in the church and said that if you kill yourself, you go to hell because you have caused murder. That was what saved her life. So she decided that she doesn't want to go to hell, so she didn't kill herself. Like by this time, my wife, I don't know whether she's, I don't know what my wife, <laughs> my wife she would have become a, a, a dead goat. But he, he said the message, that's what she said. He said, of a pastor, saved her life. So, because she was alive, I married her. <laughs> yes. A pastor saved her life. Amen. Yes. I'm telling you stories. I remember when we got married, Pastor Felix, you remember? And then my wife was dying. It was a Wednesday night. Pastor Felix, hello? Kolebu? I was in house officer's flat. That's where we were living. My wife got a flat. You know me, when I got married, I just took um, my suitcase and a book, books. Then I just moved into a room because I didn't have nothing. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> oh, it's true. I didn't have anything. It's just books. Like books from SS and things like that. Then I left some of them. Thermodynamics books and things. Then I packed them. Then I went to Kolebu. And then I put my suitcase and I unpacked my things because there was a bed. There was a thing. The fridge we used, my wife used the fridge in school. The cooker was the one she used in school. When we cook, it cooks. Do you understand? So like when we, when we cook the food, it, it cooks. So we use it like that. Hey. So we went there. And then my wife was dying. Look. They have done all manner of tests. You know, my wife's father is a pathologist. You know, a pathologist is a doctor's doctor. You know, so, and my wife too was a doctor. So all the big boys in Kolebu came. They didn't know what was wrong with them. For five days, she was there. And then, hey. then the father came to me and said that we have to pray. The father, the pathologist said we have to pray. He's, he was lost. Then Charlie, when they say we have to pray, I realized that Charlie, fire service, ambulance, I have to call for ambulance. So I called Pastor Felix. And then they came to my, my apartment. Pastor Felix was there. Pastor George was there. I think Pastor Kingsley was there. I don't know. There were about five or six pastors over there. And they were doing prayer. They were firing prayer. Hey, the whole building wanted to come down. They were praying for my wife. And she was manifesting. Then we realized that the you know, it is not by uh, gems and viruses. It wasn't pathogens. It was always in form of demons. Hey! Hey! Demonic errors. They're coming to kill my wife. Come and see. They prayed, they prayed, and then she was fine. Then she was home. Then the thing happened again. That one, I was alone in the house with her. And I said, let's go to the hospital. You know what she asked me? What are we going to do there? You know, she's a doctor. She said, what are we going to do there? Because Wapim, we have gone to MDS line set. We've done all the tests. Hepatitis, lovatitis, titis, dagombatitis, all the titis. All the titis. Nothing. There was nothing. And she was there, you know. I carried her straight to. Where do you think I went? The nearest pastor. Reverend Ayahonu. I called, Reverend, where are you? I said, I am in the office. Bring her now. I drove from Kolebu to where, I mean, that, it's not so far. Because by the time I get to Carrie Baptist, she's dead. I prayed. And then she, she prayed and prayed and prayed. And then she was fine. And I carried her back. Yes. That, that's how I appreciate my pastors. I 
carried her back. Wow. Marriage counseling. Pastors. I remember sometimes I would do something and my wife would say, is that what you were taught at marriage counseling? That's what she asked. Is that what we were taught? And we'll go to Pastor Hammond's house. And Pastor Hammond, when you go to counseling, those of you who want to do counseling, Pastor Hammond, if you go, his wife will give you food. We'll eat. And that time, uh, what's her name? Uh, Annalisa. So if she's the house, Annalisa, no, I do I need no, So whilst we are doing counseling, then I'm waiting for the food. So like the first session of the counseling, I don't hear anything. It's just the food I'm waiting for. Then one day, they cooked. I, did, I don't eat pork, and I didn't know. And they brought food, and it was pork. But they've cut it nice, nice, nice. So we're eating, we're eating, we're eating. Then uh, Mrs. Samuel said, hey, pork, we ate the power. I said, Jesus. <laughs> we ate. And they taught us. They gave us instruction. Galatians 6 this. They instructed us in the word of God. So when Gidi come to my house, then, then we remember the notes. And we are here. Some of you don't want to go through counseling. You want it emergency. Oh, my husband is in a blue So we, we want uh, online counseling. We want uh, Zoom counseling. But Zoom is fine. But we want shabu shabu. We want to marry tomorrow. All the best. Nevertheless, those who receive instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Hallelujah. I've received instruction in the word for marriage. Yes. When we were 10 years married, we did some 10 years anniversary. Before we did that, we sat down, we were taking stock, and I told my wife, um, tell me the things you don't like about me. When she said it, I thought I was Lucifer. Huh. When she said it, I, I didn't know myself again. I realized that I was Lucifer. Then she said, what do, don't you like about me? I said, well, I like everything. <laughs> I like everything. You see, that something you can say something like sarcastic. Oh, I like everything. But I don't want to revenge. <laughs> do, you, do you understand? <laughs> but you know, the truth is that every marriage has issues. But because of instructions, in the word of God. When we go off, we come back because of what we have been taught by our pastors. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So me, I really appreciate my pastors. Right? I've been in near-death situations where because of pastors, I've, been, I've escaped. I've heard stories. There was a, I went for an all night. My friend, a prophet friend, he went there. And then a woman came to give testimony. He said, hey, I want to thank God for today. He said, I was leaving church. She was going to visit the mom in the, like after Sunday, go to the Volta region. And then the mom, then when she was going, then the pastor said, come, hey, where are you going? Kneel down, let me pray for you. Kneel down, kneel down, kneel down. Then she knelt down, then she prayed. Then she left. She said when she was coming back, she got to the station. And then the vehicle, you know, she wanted to rush back to work. So the vehicle that she had, it was one person left. So when she was going to sit in, then the maid said she would not let him sit in. He said, MDA, that day I put Christianity aside. All my awareness came. I, he said, I insulted the maid because she didn't want to be late. Because you know, sometimes when you sit in the in the truck truck car, you think it's full, but they are ghosts. Have you seen that thing before? <laughs> so when it's getting full, then they are getting down one, one, one. Those of you who have sat in truck truck before. Yes. Because it can get late. And then when she sat in the car, when it got full and they were coming, they got to Atimpuku. 
and the car that she has missed. They were removing bodies that were scattered from the car. Everybody had gone. Everybody had been. They were taking dead bodies from the car. And then she just regretted insulting the meat because her life had just been saved. I don't know what the pastor saw, but some way, somehow, because of the prayers of the pastor, her life was spared. Eh? Hebrews 13, 17, please. Her life was spared. Yes. Today when I woke up, I was meditating. The Lord told me something. I wasn't so sure. When I was going to preach for my friend, he's a prophet. As soon as he saw me, he said yesterday, he was praying for me. He said he was praying for me. Then what he told me was what God told me this morning. He was praying for me. Do you know some of you, when you say that, oh, yeah, go, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll, pray, I'll pray with you. Do you know you never pray? Do you know you do that? He said, oh, let us we'll pray. We'll be praying about it. They never pray. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to the authority because they watch over you as those who must give account. So, Pastor Felix's job is not only to come and preach on Sunday. Eh? He is supposed to give account for your souls. Do you understand? Or you don't, you don't care. <laughs> you say, oh, but that's his job. I don't care, right? But he's supposed to give an account. But he said something, look. Do this so that their work will be a joy. You understand? Not a burden. For that would not be of benefit to you. Do you know what it means? It means that you need to so much appreciate and respect and submit and to make their, their work so easy so that their work will be a benefit to you. Do you understand? So the, the lady who got saved, who got saved, probably God can use another person. But if the guy was, Charlie, that day, pocket tight his cattle and he was distracted, she, the lady would have slipped through. Do you understand? Huh? We have to make the work of pastors very easy. Charlie, we, we, we are a certain generation. We are a very wicked generation. This young generation. We like to bury pastors. We don't care about our pastors. We don't care about how they live. I can tell you that the way sometimes a generation grows, it depends on how they treat the leaders God has given them. Do you understand? Yes. And we young people, we have to learn how to appreciate our pastors. Don't make our pastors undertakers. In some churches, a pastor is just an undertaker. You know, uh, Pastor Felix, me papa, so pastors have become undertakers now. They, they do, they are life cycle people. They name you, they marry you, they bury you. Then it is finished. But their work is more than that. Huh? What pastors do for us, we cannot quantify. Uh, the, spiritual, the spiritual oversight, you cannot quantify. It says that some of us, we've listened to so many things. Oh, they are chopping our money. What is their work? They should go and find work to do. The pastors should also find work. Why are pastors doing full time and things like that? Hey, I'll tell you my story. One day, the Lord spoke to me to leave my job. And I said, ah, Lord, if I leave, will you brown me? 
do you know, I went to do waiting for some days to confirm what the Lord has spoken because I knew what was coming. Then I went to, the Lord said I should leave. I should just leave where I'm working. I didn't know the plan. And I stayed home for one year. My wife said I sank into depression. You know, my wife, she knows we're a depressed person because she's gone through it before. I always stay in my, in the, I, I moved to the guest room and I was watching Netflix. I, I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't, I'll be there, I'll read Bible small, pray small, and watch Netflix. You know the Netflix, just to flick all the, Charlie, the pocket issues away from my mind. Wow, the stress. The stress. One year, I couldn't. I don't know, but God gave me a job. I don't know what God wanted to teach me. But I realized that, Charlie, you know, I know Pastor Felix very well. I know Pastor Felix, but Mama Monica, I don't want to say the things, but you see, we all grew up over here, you know. Some of us went to do our jobs, and then he went through and followed the call full time and left everything. You see, some of the people who pastor us are more intelligent than us. But you see, if they had followed the calling, probably they'll be higher than where you are now. Do you know that? But they painfully followed the call and left everything behind so that they can pastor our souls. And we come to church to come and show Hanya. Wow. I remember Pastor Felix, he started a certain cold store. What's the name of the cold store? <laughs> Mama Monica, what's the name? Eh? Oh, Felix Ventures. Hey. He started a course of Oh, Felix. I knew, I knew where the post store was. Pastor Felix, Oh, Felix. Oh, Felix. Chicken wings. Oh, the chicken wings. They have branded the chicken wings. Oh, Felix. Oh, Felix. Oh, Felix. <laughs> wow. Those were the chicken that he was selling. You know, for some reason, the business collapsed. He starts another thing. It collapsed. He starts another thing. Mom, when he got two of us. He started that thing collapsed. No, no, in the calling was calling him. And we, we were working in Unilever. Where we come back to Pastor Felix, I'll be out. It's old Felix. Hey. They painfully followed the call. Painfully. Sometimes at the peril of not being able to pay fees. And they cannot come and tell you because it's embarrassing. True. Eh? True. Even me, my friends, the friends that I give money to, when I don't have money, I find it hard to ask them. I'm not able to. How much more those that you don't even this thing? When you go and ask them, they'll say that, hey, Pastor Yes, that's how we behave. They painfully followed it, left everything behind. And, and now he's doing his PhD, he's almost done by in theology, right? You know, but you see, it's a painful call. Painful call. And even me, grandma, I'm doing full-time. It's very painful. You say it's not painful, but I'm getting salary. It's true. But you know, there's pain in ministry. Pains. One day, they invited me to come and preach at Masipoli. Oh, and I told my boss that I wanted to go. My boss said, you can't go. We have a lot of work to do. I said, okay, thank you, sir. Then when we closed work, I went to the airport. I, changed. I, went. I wore a nice dress, like your dress. No? But I can't wear shoes. It was African wear. You know what I took a flight. I paid for it. Then I got to, um, listen, then I walked to the place. When I walked to the place, when we started the meeting, 
I could count them like 20, 20 little stars. Because I think Chelsea and Real Madrid was playing um, Champions League. And where they were playing it, you know, it was near where I was supposed to preach and there was so much noise. So the people who had invited me they didn't come. Hi. Then I took the microphone. I preached and sweated. And then I went to the VIP station around 8. We finished around 8, 9. The VIP station, sat in the bus, quietly doing an overnight journey. When I, my bus came back, came to where I was there. I said, good morning, sir. I've gone to Kumasi and Tamukra. I didn't even know. Hey, painful, painful. Painful attacks, spiritual attacks, painful ones. Painful ones. Yes. Painful ones. But they go through it for us. I remember one time, it was very, and I don't want to mention names. I saw somebody insulting Reverend Hammond right here, one of us. Insulted him here. Just in front there. Why? Because of some counseling issue. He said, you have made yourself God. Are you the Holy Spirit? Wow. I was standing there. Are you the Holy Spirit? You have made yourself God. Are you the Holy Spirit? The next day, I drove to Reverend Hammond's house to apologize on his behalf because I knew what he had done. Wow. That's how we are. We don't respect anything spiritual authority. We respect our bosses more than our pastors. That's it. Because our pastors cry. They don't even have a car. They walk. Hey. They walk. They pick truck truck. And then you drive a car. Or you just splash on them. So I'm sorry. Hey. First Corinthians 9-11. With my last scripture, they will close. Yes. I, please, are you listening? Are you, am I preaching or I'm joking? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is it first Corinthians 11 or 11? 11. First Corinthians 11. First. Ah, this one. 11. Oh. Hello. Near Loki. If we have shown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? What is it? If we have, look, look, the spiritual investment that stopped me from being a herbivore is more than the money I'll ever give to any pastor. I tell you. Because when your mind goes off, it's off. You are finished. Like the value cannot be quantified, but you can quantify money. The investment I've gotten from pastors feeding me with knowledge and understanding and what it has made for me, the dividends I've reaped from it, you cannot quantify it from the money you give to a pastor or the material things you give to a pastor. So if they are so spiritual things, that's why he's saying, what is it? Meaning that even the value is not comparable. Do you get it? So if you buy him a V8, it's not even comparable. V9 and V12, it's not even comparable. That is what the scripture is saying. All the spiritual things that they've shown, what is it? I pray for somebody here that Charlie, when you become very rich, you think about your pastor. You show a house to a pastor and you show your, your cars to a pastor. I've sold cars before. I want to show a house very soon. I said, oh, pastor. Charlie, I've seen pastors struggle. I went to Bupe to go and build a factory, right? I saw a pastor. He, he has a limp in his walk. He said, when I came here, there was no pastor. There was no church here. 
it was a Muslim-dominated community, and there was no water. And the water they drank was brown. So it's from a well. It's always brown. And he said, because we're Muslims, when they, came, they didn't respect him. They saw him as an enemy. So when he comes even to fetch water, they make him join the queue. You know, now when you see a pastor, oh, man, he joined the queue. And he brought his children to that place, deprived area. And today, Bupe, there are so many churches. He sold his life. He sold his life. You understand? When he told me the story, I said, wow. I don't think I, I would ever be able to do that. Because I'm thinking about my children's goofies. Do you see? You cannot quantify it. What is it? What is it? So they say, Pastor's appreciation, they've disturbed our ears. What is it? How much God are you going to give to us so that we can appreciate what you have given? You can't quantify it. What they have done. Look, Pastor Cecil, right? We went for um, youth camp one day and my wife was pregnant then. And then she looked at my wife and then she spoke a prophetic word and I heard it. Right? And then when my wife was going to give birth, complication, you remember what happened? Seven months and then my wife's water broke and then the baby was coming. Charlie, Charlie, all hell broke loose. From Tamale, they flew her with the Air Force plane to Kolebu. The baby was dying. She was in distress. Everybody was... <laughs> and then they did the surgery and then they took out the baby. Hey! Then they said, I should come and look at the baby. When I was going... When I got there, the person who was the head of the Niku, you know what he told me? He said, yeah, we don't give any guarantees. The boy, the baby is a boy, so the chance of survival is lower than for girls. You know, girls survive more than boys. I'm telling you today. They say they are the weaker sex, but Charlie. He said it's a boy, so we, don't, we are not too sure. So, I hear you are a pastor, so pray, Charlie. Anytime I'm going, anytime I'm going inside to see my baby, I'm afraid that they'll tell me that the baby is dead. Because I knew a pastor friend who lost their, their twins as well. But you know what was keeping me? I remember the prophetic word Cecil said. She said some things, and that thing was in my mind like this. So when I was going, you know, like, when I'm going, that was what was driving me. That when I'm going, like, I know I'll see my baby. One day, I went there and I realized that my baby was there. I said, where's my baby? They said, oh, they are just changing the bed sheet. So they didn't move. No, they saw me, body. Hey! But, but the prophecy he gave was in my mind. I'm telling you, that was what kept, that was not kept my faith. And today, my boy is almost my height. Pretend baby. He was, when they gave birth to him, he was like this in my hand. Today, he's almost my height. He's taller than the mom. Yes, prophetic way. It keeps me going. Charlie, we cannot quantify these things. Amen? I think I've spoken enough, isn't it? And yes, I have a young Right. So, please, I want you to be a different breed of people who appreciate their pastors. Right? Don't make your pastors like essential services. Undertakers, coffin bearers, People who name children. He said, when you need it, like, I remember you go for a meeting and a naming ceremony and the pastor is not coming. Everybody will start insulting the pastor. <laughs> like, we are waiting for the pastor. Oh, pastor, don't buy it. There's one who is there. Pastor, don't buy it. Yeah, of course. How many of you have heard it before? That's all you need them for. But I pray for you that, Charlie, you'll be a different person. You appreciate your pastors. Right? Let's pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. You want to talk to God. You want to talk to God for a change of heart. You want to talk to God 
for the word that you have heard that you would be. You comply with the word. You comply with the word. You comply with the word. That God will help you. God will help you to appreciate the man of God that he has put in your lives. God will help you to appreciate the man of God that he has put in your life. Please bring the... God will help you. Just take stock of some of the things that have happened in your life because of men of God. I've told you a few in my life. You know, I've told you a few. And I want you to take stock. I want you to take stock. I want you to take stock. All right. Father, please help us. Help us to be a different generation of people who appreciate our pastors, who appreciate our men of God, who appreciate the, the shepherds that you've brought over our souls. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the PDYC podcast. We trust that this message has brought great transformation your way. Connect with us on our Instagram page that's at pdyc.cbc and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get podcasts. At this point, we would want to give you a special opportunity to give your life to Jesus if you do not yet know Jesus Christ practically as your Savior and Lord. Say this heartfelt prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from destruction and from aborting my purpose on earth. Please come into my heart and reign as Lord and Savior from today. Wow, congratulations! If you say this prayer to the Lord from your heart, you are now a child of God and heaven rejoices over you today. You are invited to join us or any Bible-believing church so that you can grow strong in Jesus. For counseling or help, kindly call 0244-997760. PDYC, a shining light to the nations.